This is Harrison Kim, and you're listening to Working with People by PaveStep. The Working with People podcast is for executives, managers, and people leaders. We bring people experts together to provide you with relevant content on how to think about and manage your most important asset, your talent. We have Stefan here with us today. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you, Harrison. Awesome. Well, first of all, thank you for coming on the show. Really appreciate you, and uh, it's nice to meet you. Before we dive into the topic of psychological safety, could you tell us a little bit more about you and what you do? Yeah, so I've been in the, I will call it the psychology and software and business space. So I'm sort of working at the intersection of those three disciplines. And so there's a bunch of people that know psychology, a bunch of people that know business, a bunch of people that know software and technology. And I try to combine all those three things in and have been working in this space for uh, about 15 years. Um, we started by my business partner and I, we started up Numi.com. So Numi is a network of thousands of coaches all over the world. So we've been doing and familiar with coaching for a long time. And we're also really interested in a number of other related subjects like psychological safety. Perfect, perfect, awesome. So let's start with psychological safety. Um, this has been something that I think has been brought up pretty frequently over the last, especially in the last few years with the pandemic and uh, people being in remote work environments. So let's start with the definition. Like, what do you mean what, in your mind anyway, right? When, when you say psychological safety and what does that mean at work for people? So the definition used by Amy Edmondson, a Harvard professor who's really popularizing the term, it is the belief so it's within your, between your own two years, you know, a belief that within your team, you can speak up, say what's on your mind and express concerns, et cetera, without a fear of reprimand. So while speaking up, you're confident that you're not going to be shot down or humiliated or made fun of, et cetera. So that's the, her definition. I like to use a definition, which I find to be fairly practical and useful for people. It's the courage to speak up and the confidence to know you'll be heard. So when we go through our training, we're constantly talking about those two halves of the equation, especially for a leader or manager. You have to think about creating an environment where people have the courage to speak up and the confidence to know they'll be heard. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, so what is the link between like psychological safety and, and interpersonal skills? Because I assume a lot of this, it, it, there's a lot of ties into like communication and relationships. Uh, between people, right? Like, why is that? What is that, number one? And two, like, why is that important? Well, let me back up for a minute, Harrison. I think that's a really good question. I want to focus on a scenario where psychological safety is really important. I had, I had a, a, what's brought to mind is a friend of mine who, or a colleague, and he was a CEO of a company, a startup, about a dozen employees, and he found himself in the boardroom having oppositional point of view with his board and his primary investors. And they wanted to go in direction A, and he really felt like direction B was the more appropriate scenario. And just given the fact that they had a fairly substantial um, investment stake in the company, were older, more senior, and they really just insisted on direction A. 
even though he really felt like direction B was not the right direction. And I think what is the key point here is he really didn't feel empowered or feel the safety to be able to speak up and really push back and say, no, no, I really don't think this is the right direction. And here's why it was really going to be shot down. It was like the board had already made up their mind. And so in that environment, that's a really critical strategic decision that need to be made. And the CEO, the person in charge and responsible for executing on the business, didn't feel that sense of psychological safety. And I'm bringing that up because I think we can all relate to that. Harrison, you likely can relate to that, either in a business meeting or maybe maybe go back to your schooling days. Remember being right. in a classroom. Can you remember ever not wanting to speak up, not wanting to say, uh, ask a question for some reason? Can you relate right. to that, Harrison? Yeah, you don't want to sound dumb or you don't want to ask the quote-unquote stupid question. <laughs> Happens quite often, right? <laughs> exactly. And what's interesting and so compelling about psychological safety is that in order to protect yourself from sounding dumb, from asking that stupid question, or maybe for seeming like you're just oppositional, right? Like if everybody's going in one direction and you suddenly chime in and want to go in the other direction, uh, that might negatively impact your uh, the way people perceive you. And so how do you solve that problem? You just stay quiet. It's really easy. <laughs> so that's the, the interesting quality around psychological safety is that it is really easy to manage for people. If you're feeling unsafe it, psychologically in an environment, you just stop talking. You just, you know, you just button up, you say, okay, sounds good. I agree. Let's move forward. And that that's how poor decisions are made. Psychological safety really is all about fostering and creating an environment where good decisions can be made with full and complete information. Now, I want to come to your next question, which is about interpersonal skills. So why are we focusing on interpersonal skills? Because, and the reason is because, especially for leaders and managers, we know leaders and managers, for example, uh, a board member, an investor who uh, technically has superiority over a CEO, that power that they have can really cause people to remain quiet. And instead, they need to be really thinking about how do I create an environment every single day with every single interaction in a way that has people know that they can speak up and when they do know that they're not just going to be shot down. Mm -hmm. So that's where the interpersonal skills really comes in. It's, it's how you read the room, notice how people might be uncomfortable, notice how they might not be speaking up. And then you ask those questions so that you can have people speak up, say what's on their mind. Not that you have to agree with them, just mm -hmm. you want to be able to hear them. You want to be able to say, oh, okay, I get it. And realize you had that oppositional point of view. Thanks for sharing that. We're still going to go point, you know, we're still going to go in direction A as planned. And I really appreciate you suggesting that maybe we go in direction B. Does that make sense, Harrison? Yeah, absolutely. And, and this is, the psychological safety thing is really interesting. It's like the whole point of speaking up is really interesting to me because when I started my career as a consultant, um, this was one of the biggest values at the firm. They called it, you know, obligation to dissent. Right. And basically that was one of their things, which was like, look, it doesn't matter if you're an intern, you're an analyst, you're a manager, partner, it doesn't matter. Like you have the obligation to dissent. If you see something wrong, you say something, you better have data and logic behind it, of course. Right. Um, but like you should never be afraid to like speak up and have your voices heard. Right. Um, and that was something that I loved, especially as a junior kind of kid coming into this 
professional world, right? Um, and obviously sometimes that would backfire because I didn't have enough data, <laughs> but it was totally okay. Like I felt comfortable doing that, which is, you know, which is I think what you're talking about here. Absolutely. That's a really great norm that the organization would have established because they saw, especially I think in that consulting world, very data driven, very analytical. There's often in those kinds of environments, a low tolerance for risk taking, right? There's, there's a high threshold for getting it right, making sure you've analyzed things correctly. And so if an, if an idea is half-baked, it could really get shot down and people are afraid to maybe express those opinions. So creating that environment to pe for people to do that, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the indication of like psychological safety or like the, for us to like assess it, right? So when I think about this, like conceptually, I understand psychological safety. And, you know, as a manager, I'm putting in a lot of these practices with my team so that they feel more comfortable to say things that they want to say. But as a, when I take a step back, right, like how can I assess whether, you know, quote unquote, the level of, you know, psychological safety within my team? Any thoughts there? Absolutely. It's really simple. There's a survey developed by, again, Amy Emmonson from Harvard, mm -hmm. and you can administer it. Uh, so send out the survey to your team and get the answers to the seven questions that are relatively easy to answer. It takes everybody two to three minutes. And provided that you've created a reasonable expectation that people could be honest and candid in their responses, then you can see the results. Now, we've done this in quite a few times with a quite a number of different organizations and teams. Uh, and so we start to see interesting patterns that emerge. For example, one thing that we might see is that within teams, there's a bimodal response where some people feel a tremendous amount of psychological safety because maybe they've been around a long time. They really know their team leader or the CEO or whoever it is. So they feel this sense of safety. And then there's the quote unquote, uh, newer people that that are new to the organization, new to the team. And maybe in those first few months, they don't feel that sense of psychological safety. They're still trying to figure out how they fit in and what their roles are, et cetera. So um, there's that. There's also environments where only one person will feel a great degree of psychological safety. Sometimes it's the leader that feels the least amount of psychological <laughs> safety and everybody else feels the ability to speak up and say what's on their mind. Because when that leader does speak up, everyone is... Uh, particularly attuned to what it is they say. So that leader is really not wanting to say anything right. that might come across as offensive or, um, you know, for example, uh, one of our clients, he, he's, he's wicked smart and uses a lot of sarcasm, especially with friends, but in a business setting, that sarcasm right. can be, you know, more of a weapon than it is a, uh, a tool for, for, for good. So he has to really manage that knowing that that wicked sharp sense of humor can sometimes come out in the wrong moments and, and cause people to feel really uncomfortable in the business setting. Gotcha. 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 So I have an interesting question for you regarding that test. How do you calibrate for or adjust for people who don't want to answer it you know, honestly or candidly because they don't have that psychological safety? Like what are some of the mechanisms or ways to kind of get around that or calibrate for that? Any thoughts there? Yeah, there's a couple, Harrison. So the first is uh, by really setting the stage. So ideally, uh, what we do is we work with the leader and we say, uh, we really coach them, if you will, to ask and set the tone in a way that has him or her really say and 
clearly communicate to their team, I want a candid response. So setting right. the stage is ideal. And secondly, the way we generally work is we will work with the team and we'll assess it. So we'll administer the assessment rather, and then we debrief it. So the debrief is really a great opportunity to put the results in the middle of the room. It We, we only show the average score, so we don't show um, individual scores, right? It's anonymized. So Nobody feels like they're being exposed, if you will. And, and then we have a conversation about it. And generally, in that conversation, we need to really set up guardrails and say, okay, here's how we're going to share. This is a safe place. We're just looking for people to express their opinions and no judgment here. Let's go. And we can generally facilitate that conversation so that people feel sufficiently safe to be able to speak up and say what's on their mind. And we can also coach the leaders to not respond in a negative way, right? So if someone says, oh, geez, I really don't um, like X, Y, or Z, then then we can coach them to uh, to just say, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, let's, uh, you know, not have to feel defensive. Mm-hmm. And And again, this is those interpersonal skills coming into play. So right, how right, right. react to pe- things that people are sh- sharing and uh, how you respond to them is really critical for maintaining that psychological safety. Gotcha. Um, one last kind of big question for you is, so let's say we've, you know, internally, externally, you've gone through this um, assessment or kind of exercise or initiative within, the, within your team, within your company. And just like anything else that relates to culture and people's behaviors, um, this is something that needs to be sustained over time, right? Um, which I think is one of the hardest things to do. So as a manager, um, thinking about like, okay, like we've started talk of, talking about psychological safety. What are some of the things that I should keep in mind to make sure that this is sustained throughout my team members you know, over the course of the next six months, 12 months, and hopefully it actually, it actually gets embedded, right? Into my everyday you know, work culture and work behaviors. Any thoughts there? Absolutely. A number of thoughts there, Harrison. So first of all, um, I love that you're recognizing that it's, I'm reading between the lines with what you're saying, that it's kind of this ongoing process. It's not just something you do like, hey, I went out and I bought psychological safety. We now have it sitting on the mantle, right? <laughs> right. It's, not, it's not like only that. If, <laughs> only if it was that easy. That would have been awesome. That would be awesome. <laughs> Wouldn't it, right? <laughs> I'm going to go buy it. Thank you. Done. Uh, it is an ongoing process. And so maintaining really solid communication. We saw this, uh, especially at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, I was talking to a colleague and they have around 500 managers in their organization and i uh asked them what are you finding you know what whether he's in uh hr slash lnd right and he informally went out and started talking to all these managers and he was specifically asking them how's your team doing and he said the results were bimodal of remember again this is right at the beginning of the pandemic maybe two months in or so and he he said there's one half the managers were saying my team's so stressed out I'm stressed out. They're asking me how they're, what their job's going to look like, if they're going to still have a job. I don't know. There's all these questions. It's causing me all this anxiety. I know they're anxious, etc. Then the second half of the managers, when he asked the question, "How's your team? How are their teams doing?" He says, "I don't know." So the other half of managers simply didn't know. Their teams, no doubt, were experiencing anxiety, stress dealing with, you know, kids suddenly at home and pets and not being able to exercise, all this sort of stuff, right? And the key there was that their team 
didn't feel that sense of safety to be able to express their anxiety and their concerns, et cetera. So uh -huh. as a manager and a leader, if your team is silent, if your team is not speaking up, that's a, that's cause for concern. Mm -hmm. And you need to start asking questions and start getting really curious. You might want to start with one-on-ones. Most managers do that. And make sure that when you're conducting those one-on-ones, this is where those interpersonal skills really matter. It's not just what the fact that you're conducting them and you're asking the questions, but you're really listening and you're really reflecting back to the other person what it is that they're saying. So remember the, my, my definition, it's the courage to speak up and the confidence to know you'll be heard. And mm -hmm. so in those one-on-ones, you, you want to make sure that when people are sharing what's um, perhaps uh, really stressful or, or of a big concern for them, that you're being, a, being supportive and you're saying, okay, I hear you, I understand you, it, did I get this right? So reflecting back to them what it is that they're saying, that really demonstrates understanding. So coming back again to those interpersonal skills, it's not enough to just say, oh, I get it. I get it. You're stressed. What you want to say is, I understand that you're, it seems to me you're feeling stressed because there's so much going on and your kids are at home and, and you, you haven't been able to exercise properly in a couple of weeks. Did I get that right? So notice how I'm reflecting back what it is they're saying, mm -hmm. and I'm checking in with them and saying, did I get that right? That's really important because it gives them the opportunity to say, well, no, it's not really that. It's like the main issue is actually that uh, it's this other thing that's causing me all this stress, not that, not, you know, not the things you just mentioned. So that has the other person really feel like, oh, this manager, this leader really gets me. Okay, I can be more candid and open. See how that works? Like, see how by acknowledging right. what the person said, now they can they can speak up more in the future. And it's not that you have to agree with them. It's not that you're going to do everything that they're asking for. It's just that you're going to acknowledge them so that you can build better conversation. So those are the things that as a leader mm -hmm. and a manager, you can practice. And, and uh, Harrison, I'd say there's one more thing that um, is really critical for leaders, which is to... Uh, in those one-on-ones, use them not, as an opportunity not just to ask how that other person is doing, but to ask how you're doing as a leader and manager. So that requires more vulnerability. That requires mm -hmm. a little more courage and humility to be able to say, hey, you know, how am I doing as a manager? How can I better support you? The more you do that, the more you check in with people and say, how can I perform better? Mm -hmm. The more that they're going to suddenly be able to offer input and suggestions that are actionable, right? So that becomes your, your, your homework is to follow up on right. the things and the suggestions that they're making for how you can be a better manager. Right. Awesome. Awesome. I mean, those are all the big questions that I had so far. Before I let you go, I mean, first of all, thank you for all your time here and attention. Where can the audience find you and your thought leadership? Harrison, the best place is on our website, Sarango. Dot com. So that's our, uh, I mentioned numi.com originally, that's N-O-O-M-I-I.com. That's our network of coaches. Our training all around psychological safety is uh, zarango.com, Z-A-R-A-N-G-O.com. And uh, if anybody's interested in learning more about our services, there's a means to contact us and even book into uh, our calendars and we'd be happy to have a conversation and service folks however we can. Awesome. Awesome. Everyone, thank you for listening to Working With People by PaveStep. Feel free to check out other episodes on pavestep.com slash podcast. Stefan, thank you so much. Thank you, Harrison.